Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. WHO study predicts 35 million cancer cases in the next 30 years. A 77% increase. That is it's insane. shocking. Right, Adam? How can, that possi- I mean, how can that be possible? I thought we were... I thought we were doing better. In fact, I just read this morning, uh, cancer patients in London became the first in the UK to receive an experimental treatment known as mRNA therapy. Uh, it's... It, it is treating melanoma, lung cancer, other solid tumors. It works by showing the patient's immune system common tumor markers and then training it to not reproduce cancer cells, you know, to target cancer cells. It's early stages, but uh, the therapy could reach the market, you know, in a few years. And we, even over at NMDP, formerly Be The Match, uh, you no longer need a 100% match to get a bone marrow transplant. And that's just changes that have been made within the last year since my bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant. It's the same thing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we are killing it. We're doing it. Now we have AI. We should be able to cure cancer in a matter of years. But this new study just really put me back on my heels. Dr. Nisha Jacobs is from Minnesota Oncology. She's joining us now on the show. Dr. Jacobs, are you as, you're probably not, but are you as surprised as Adam and I are about this extraordinary increase in the next 30 years? Good morning. Um, Actually, it doesn't come as that much of a surprise. Our health habits really haven't improved that much. I think our treatments for cancer and our screening for cancer have improved. But generally, our health habits are, I think, are what's causing this increase worldwide. So that was going to be my next question. Uh, the the line from a Christmas Carol pops in my head. Uh, are these the things that will be, or merely that will are are expected if things don't change? So you know, a couple things. One, our population is definitely getting older, and cancer tends to be a disease of older people, generally speaking. Although. Um, The American Cancer Society had a little bit of a discrepant report that came out two weeks ago that's showing younger and younger people are getting cancer. But generally, as we're living longer because health conditions are getting better, we are more prone to develop cancer because generally, you know, aging bodies are harder to heal. Um, So the other... mm -hmm? No, no, you finish. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Doc. Oh, no, no, I was saying, so that, you know, generally speaking, since the population's getting older, we are going to see an increased incidence of cancer. But worldwide, you know, we have that's a major risk factor for cancer. We've gotten better about the indoor pollution with detection of radon, but the outdoor pollution is still a major risk factor, as evidenced mm-hmm. by the poor air quality alerts we see quite often, even here in the United States. Um, the other things include tobacco use, obesity, alcohol. All of those are worldwide problems that really aren't getting much better. So are we talking about the 70% increase in cancer by 2050 in just preventable cancers? And I guess the greater question is, are they all preventable? 
You know, no. So the the increase in cancer, if you tease out the report, um, the increase in cancer is pretty varied. So we'll see there's an increase in breast cancer. There's an increase in colorectal cancer. Um, we do see an increase, like, for example, cervical cancer in sub-Saharan Africa. So we see an increased incidence, but it depends on where you're looking in the world. So the United States, the westernized countries, we're seeing more of an increase in colorectal cancer, mostly because our diets are terrible. We have... Mm-hmm. Um, so much processed food, so much red meat, you know, the carnivore diet, these keto diets, all of these things, they decrease obesity, which is also another risk factor for cancer, but it's also decreasing obesity, it's how you get there. So increasing these processed foods and red meat, it's really a lot of toxins for your gut. So we're seeing a lot of colorectal cancer in the United States, but that's not necessarily the trend worldwide. We're seeing other preventable cancers worldwide. We are talking to uh, Dr. Nisha Jacobs from Minnesota Oncology. You, you briefly mentioned it at the start, but how what what role does just increased screening play in this? Are we getting so? I assume we're getting better at identifying different types of cancers, which is also adding to this increase in the number. Absolutely. So in the United States, we have excellent access to quality health care, which makes a huge difference. So we're seeing uh, an increased incidence, of course, in breast cancer, the colorectal cancer screening age decreased down to 45 from 50. So the incidence is going up, but that's because our screening measures are, are getting better. Um, the incidence is also going up because these environmental factors, as I mentioned, you know, the air pollution, tobacco, obesity, alcohol, all of those other things, the incidence is going up, but the other countries don't have access to the screening measures like we do. So not only are they getting diagnosed at a later stage, they're also dying from it because, as you know, the later the diagnosis of cancer happens, the harder it is to treat. Doc, uh, what is, is there any good news in this? Because Adam and I are both advocates. We've both Yep. You know, worked for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We've raised money uh, to, to you know, get rid of cancer. Yeah. Is there any good news? Is there any hope? Well, I think the better screening is good news, right? Yeah. Yeah, better screening is good news. And then, you know, the, if you look at it, the mortality from cancer is a decrease in the United States. It's increased everywhere else, again, because of poor access. But in the United States, the mortality is down because... We get screened earlier, we get diagnosed earlier, and then we have access, again, to those life-saving treatments. Whereas if you look at, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, cervical cancer, for example, vaccine uptake is better here. We don't have vaccine uptake there. That increases the incidence. They don't get screened, and then, therefore, they get diagnosed later, and then they're more likely to die of it. So the trend is really important because it, this, this study looked at 115 different countries, and the burden of cancer is felt differently in the third world countries compared to us. And that is going to be different, you know, going forward. When we talk about the, the U.S. and you mentioned our poor diet being a factor in colorectal cancer and other cancers, which cancer is it that probably is the biggest? Uh, obviously, they're all serious. And no matter which one somebody's diagnosed with, that's the, that's the only importance to them. But which cancer in the U.S. do you think is the most troubling in how it is impacting our, our population? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
honestly, the, I, I do predominantly colorectal cancer, so I may be biased with it. I just saw a 29-year-old last week with no family history, should, should not have gotten cancer, you know, marathon runner, and had colorectal cancer. And I'm seeing this compared to 10 years ago. My average age for these patients was 50 to 60. Now I'm routinely seeing patients in their 20s and 30s with colorectal cancer. And that's that, incredibly and troubling. That's, and that's diet? Do you think, is that what? Yes. Um, I, I definitely think that's diet. So, you know, a lot of it is I've never really eaten red meat my entire life, mostly for these reasons, but there's more and more data coming out how detrimental red meat is, is to the colon, the entire gastrointestinal tract. We're having more additives in our food, more preservatives. Everything is, you know, grow, grow things faster so we can consume them faster. Well, that's with the addition of hormones. That's with the addition of antibiotics. That's it, red meat itself is is toxic to the gut as well. So, if we can change the diet, we can reverse this trend. It'll take time, just like it took time to get here. Doc, give us a little advice. Nobody wants colorectal cancer. We're hoping to put you out of business, and I'm sure that's the goal eventually. But um, then, what should we be eating? You said, okay, uh, no red meat. We understand red meat's bad for us. Is that is that enough? to lower cancer rates by eliminating red meat, or what should we be eating? The other thing is really try to incorporate more fiber into the diet. So 15 grams to 30 grams is what's recommended. Um, that fiber gets converted into short-chain fatty acids, which helps to protect the lining of the gut and helps to protect it from some of these toxins. So fiber is a huge thing. And um, that's another thing, you know, where the plant-based diet is helpful, but you can also supplement. You can do Metamucil. You can do Benefiber. Other things to increase the fiber intake will be greatly uh, will greatly reduce the risk for colorectal cancer. That's a hard um, sell, though. I'm, I'm sh- I, I oh, mean, sorry, I'm, do no, do your patients give you pushback? They're like, ah, I'm not doing plant-based. Do, they, do, they, do you get pushback on that? You know what? Cancer is so scary. I'm actually not getting a ton of pushback because so much of cancer is out of your hands. You know how, how it biologically behaves. That Will the treatments work? Will they not? So much of it, you, you do the best you can, but a lot of it's out of your hands in terms of the trajectory. So the things you can control, diet, exercise, these, these modifications, people are really just very happy to take some control back in the disease process because this is things that they can control and decrease the risk of this cancer coming back. Excellent information, uh, Dr. Yeah. Jacobs. Thank you so much for the time today, and uh, we'll check in in the future. But thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't lose hope just yet, though. Okay, okay? I won't. Okay. Uh, but I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> thinking about that steak okay. I had this weekend, though, and I'll maybe plant based diet is the way to go. You're on the forefront, Jordana. You, you, well, saw, you know. Yeah, I think she's right. I think, and no one ever said it to me. By the way, no one ever said, Jordana, stop eating meat, go plant based. No one ever said that to me, but. I know a couple of my doctors mm-hmm. at Mayo are vegan. Yep. And I thought, okay, this is the best of the best. And they never said, Jor, stop eating meat. They, In fact, my bone marrow transplant specialist said, you need protein. Right. So, you, you know, do you eat meat? You need that. Of course, you can get it in many other yes. forms, not necessarily red meat, which I've learned now because I've done some lots of research on this. But um, this is... What she's saying, I'm a huge advocate for this now. These are solvable problems. These diet-related incidences, like even things like diabetes, which, again, a devastating diagnosis, but it's not like getting cancer. Um, any kind of heart disease it could be a devastating diagnosis, but it's not like getting cancer, yeah. at least until you have a heart attack. You know, that's bad yeah. also. But I, I really wish people are paying more attention right. 
and um, thinking about what they put in their mouth. I mean, would that make you change your mind about anything, Adam? It's a moderation. I love red meat, and yeah, I love try. And we're getting texts. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know beef farmers mm-hmm. are critical to this country. I'm not saying, yeah, let's just give up on red meat and beef. No, uh, that's not what I'm saying. And not what well, I am. I mean, I'm going to go out there. I understand beef farmers are critical to this country. I get it. But maybe we need to change the system then. Maybe we need to stop eating so much beef and switch those farms to something else. Like, I'm really saying that. If she's telling us Mm -hmm. that red meat is causing the cancer rates to go up, why are we not listening? Really? So we're prioritizing economics over the health of this country, which, again, comes back to bite us in the ass when we're all sick. With the cancer treatments, my treatments over a million dollars, and and mine wasn't food related. Yeah, I just I don't know why we're not listening because the research is there that being on a plant based or almost mm-hmm. plant based diet would solve these problems. Well, then we got to transition our farmers to do uh, we do different kind of we farming because I'm not ready to turn my back on them like you are clearly already. Again, I'm kidding. <laughs> But no, I, I haven't said this on the air. And before, moderation I, too. I, and moder- we can start with moderation too, right? I mean, we're, we're not, you know, if you like hundred percent, right? It's you don't mm-hmm. need to have mm-hmm. burgers, you know, three or four nights a week or whatever it is. But uh, something to and chew. When you on. really look in, when you it's something to chew on. I when know. you really look into it, it is because the lobby is so strong. And I'm talking meat, chicken, eggs, everything, all animal based farming. I understand, and this is probably not something you want to hear, but. The lobbies are so strong, and oftentimes this industry is a large part of the backbone of our economy. Right. And I get it that people say, oh, well, we don't want to get rid of that, but there are new ways to farm. There are new things to farm. The more people go plant-based, they need a, a different variety set of mushrooms, different kinds of vegetables. There are other things you can farm. And we're thinking and about and we're thinking we're thinking about small family farmers is and you what we're not it's that's not really what we're talking about because it's these huge corporate farms <clears throat> that are raising these cattle and pumping them up with all kinds of hormones including our poultry that mm-hmm. are causing the problems too because there are plenty of people who are organic farmers or farmers who are who are doing it the right way, raising mm-hmm. natural natural uh, beef cattle or dairy cattle mm, or chickens. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. that is uh, something that absolutely should be focused on too. Uh, and there are some people that are never going to give up meat, and that's fine. So, like you said, yep. farming in a sustainable way, less antibiotics. Um, I think I think small steps toward this process would help. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.